everybody. Welcome back to your favorite Swimbait podcast, Scales and Tales, episode 44 tonight. Today we're joined by a gentleman over, you're in Maine, right? That's where you are. I'm like 90% yeah, sure. Yep. So yeah, you're you're the first guy from Maine and I I can't, I haven't had anybody on the East Coast in a while off the top of my head, other than like at the gathering when I was talking to some of those locals out there. But we have Mr. Curran Cat. Fuck, dude. I, we just made literally. Yeah, it's all good. All I feel good, bad. man. I, I'm so fucking terrible with names, as everybody knows who's ever listened to like two episodes, because unless it's somebody I know, then I just butcher their names. <laughs> it's a tough one. <laughs> Not your but, fault. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, so, yeah, who are you? Who are you? What do you do? And uh, we'll just we'll before, before we kind of get into the meat and potatoes, everything, just kind of say who you are for anybody who doesn't know. Sure. Uh, my name's Curran Candidge. Uh, I live in the GPA, which is the greater Portland area of Maine. So pretty much like the southernmost point of Maine. Um, I'm like about 40 minutes from New Hampshire, like an hour uh, from Boston and Massachusetts and all that good stuff. Just uh, New England, born and raised. Uh for right now, I mean, uh, I've been off and on fishing pretty much my whole life. Uh, my father was a commercial fisherman, so I've just always been around it. Um, not so much freshwater until it was by my own means. But uh, for the last five years or so, that's exclusively what I've done. And other than that, I own a barbershop called Black Door Barber Company, and that's in Portland. And, uh, that pretty much consumes all of my time with swim baiting. Damn, dude. So like you've 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 been all over on the East Coast relative to like northern East Coast, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I I don't really fish or hang out north of me at all, uh, mostly south of me. So like sometimes I'll fish in New Hampshire, uh, but mostly just like the solid area that's close to me. And by close, I mean, sometimes I commute 45 minutes one way. Sometimes I commute an hour and a half one way. Uh, and, you know, I could go to Boston, but I'm just going fishing. So I'm, it's crazy, but. Yeah. So can't be I mean, worth it. you touched on it. You, you're a barber, right? Do you, yep. uh, do you have a storefront or do you like, do you uh, lease a front out from somebody who owns the building or how how do you, how does so, that work? So a friend of mine owns a tattoo shop and the tattoo shop is the first floor of my business and the barber shop is mine. So we're the second floor above him. Okay. Um but it's my shop and pretty much everybody uh that works there is a subcontractor. So they all yeah. just rent a chair for me. Um it's pretty straightforward, but I've been cutting hair for almost 10 years um, in this area and traveled all around doing that, uh, which is like primarily where I think a lot of like my following is uh, because that's consistently what I post all year when the water's frozen, when it's not, are just haircuts. Um, and I used to work for a pomade company called Ruzel. Pomade's like a hair product for anyone that doesn't know, but I traveled all around the U.S. all the time, educating for them and working hair shows. So, met a lot of cool people doing that. 
Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to fish that much, not as much as I would have liked to, but yeah, that exactly. would be cool. Traveling, traveling a lot's really a pain in the ass. Um, Jason Carroll, Sunbait Reviews, travels all the time, and he's always like, I just, he's like, it's not like economical for me to carry a rod around all the time, even if it is a exactly. It's And, you know, like now I've pretty much just phased out of doing that just because running a business with, you know, seven other people that work there having a family and the burning desire to go fishing 24 seven. It's like anything else is just too much, honestly. Yeah, dude. Is, is there perks to, to being your own boss? Like, do you, um, like if it's like super good, like, are you like, Oh shit, I'm going to go fish today. Absolutely. Yep. I probably do that way too much. And you know, then it, it just like, I take time off and then it'll rain, like just it, stuff like that. But I definitely have it really good. Um, and uh, a few of the barbers that work for me also love bass fishing. So I take oh, them out once so in a while. Sick. We get after it. But um, it's it's pretty chill. And uh, actually all summer, I wasn't even accepting new clients. So a lot of my people are just regulars and I see them every couple of weeks, every month. So I've got a good idea of what my schedule is all the way out like a year ahead. So I can pretty much dial it in and pattern it from the year before on like when the bite's going to be, uh, and then go from there. Dude, that is, that is badass. That is so sick. <laughs> it's, it's like, dude, I mean, everybody in my industry, like, wants to be their own boss you know like and i've kind of got it dialed into where i think my shop is cool enough where other people want to work for me i don't know why but no like i think uh it's the dream you know i got super lucky and uh worked really really hard to be where i am today but i definitely wouldn't change it for anything like i i don't think i could ever, ever go back to working for someone else and renting a chair from someone else is just so nice to kind of like be in what i created and working around that all day your favorite swim bait podcast is now proudly sponsored by leviathan rods leviathan rods is a texas-based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end made in the usa rod blanks every sale from leviathan helps support foster youth and their families with leviathan rods you're not only going to feel a difference but you're going to help make a difference too Friends of the show will also get 20% off their rod purchases by using code SCALES20 at checkout. So whether you're fishing a depth 250 or a square bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan Rods. Yeah, dude, that's that's awesome. So did you get into fishing through your dad? You said he, you touched on it that he was a commercial fisherman. Did you kind of just, you know, hear stories from him when you were younger and you're like, oh, I want to I want to start to fish like that sounds really fun. Well, definitely. So my father was from Blue Hill, which is like way up in northern Maine. But if you ask people here, like a lot of them probably have no idea where that is. But uh, he was just a tough, salty dude. And uh, he went out for everything. I mean, scallops, lobster, shark, anything you could think of. Like he had pictures of him with it, like filling up the entire deck of his boat, like up to his neck, pretty much. Um, but it, he took me actually bass fishing like a few times when I was growing up. Cause to him, I think that was just boring. 
Yeah, uh, for, and sure. for whatever reason, you know, it caught my interest. But I've got like, a, you know, the classic staple photos of me like holding fish, uh, you know, like four pounders when I was a kid in various locations. But um, he definitely took me out in the ocean and took me fishing whenever he could, whenever he wasn't working and fed me way too much fish. So I'm pretty much burnt out on eating anything out of the ocean for the rest of my life. But Mercury, Mercury's high levels. Yeah, we didn't have like a ton of money. So that was just like what was available. It makes sense now, but I never want to smell fried scallops ever again in my life. (laughs) So are you surprised that you you ended up liking bass fishing as much as you went out saltwater fishing. Like I got to imagine that you guys probably caught a lot of like stripers and, and you know, all those, like those like super, I'm going to say sought for after sure. just because that's what I think they are, but probably out there for you guys, you guys probably consider them like shit fish. If, <laughs> if I'm being honest, Oh no, not at all. Not at all. And like, I definitely respect the hell out of people that just chase striper. Um, right. It's, it's for me, like not only like, are bass just all around more interesting to me like largemouth primarily and smallmouth but uh i feel like you can go out and be successful at any given time um as even if there's ice in the water not really my thing but you can do it with freshwater fishing whereas saltwater fishing you really have to pay attention to the tides um there's a lot more that goes into that so i pretty much dial it in for what worked for my lifestyle meaning freshwater fishing and, and bass fishing and i honestly think that they're just an insane species to actually learn everything you can about yeah. i mean they're super smart and i i learn something new every single time i go fishing like they show me something or you know i meet someone that shows me something and it's if if you're really interested in something like that, it'll always stick with you. So like, you know how it is subliminally, you retain all this information that uh, you've collected from your experiences and from other people. And then it all comes out when you're fishing. It's just super cool. Yeah. It's I did. I could not even tell you. Um, I, 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 it's going to sound weird. I'm on Reddit a lot. And so I'm on, I'm on a lot of different like Reddit pages. And... I've heard you talk about that actually, like the, the bass fishing Reddit. Yeah. Um, I have to look that up, dude. That's gotta be a good time. There is, oh my gosh, there's it's... some stuff on there. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, if you want to have such a good time, this goes out to anybody. If you guys are like familiar with Reddit, go on, um, carp r slash carp Reddit and oh my gosh like there's guys who oh, go man. in there and just troll like it's all like uh like uk guys who are fishing for them or even guys in the u.s are fishing for like mirror carp and stuff and there's just people like oh i definitely shot one bigger than that with my bow two weeks ago when i was out bow hunting and it's just it's just a ball it's it's <laughs> i don't know dude it's so you guys funny you guys don't have carp out there do you um so we have like normal suckers and just like normal carp we don't have like grass carp or anything and sure they're also they're also not not invasive here they're they're naturally occurring same with like bowfin um we don't have snakehead out here i'm sure you guys probably have snakehead out by you no we don't have snakehead i think the closest uh is massachusetts oh okay okay you you might you might be a little bit too far north for them than i would i would guess yeah yeah i think so either that or just you know nobody's dropped enough of them in here to have them stick 
Yeah, but, exactly. But um, yeah, yeah, I've never caught one actually. Yeah, there. I, I don't know about snakehead, but dogfish are a lot of fun. The, the episode um, I dropped today with Jake Langston from Michigan. Um, we talk about. I have a super super kick ass sight fishing spot for both and dogfish, whatever you want to call them, and. Dude, hands down, I would catch one dogfish over 10 bass. I don't care what day it is. Like, just watching them, <laughs> like, they literally just sit there. You cast past them, you literally just hop anything. You can hop, like, a a jig. You can hop a chatterbait. You can hop a uh, 316 Rising Sun or um, a line-through burrito gill. Anything. You could hop past a Senko, and you, they'll literally just sit there, and you'll see their back fins just start to go crazy. And it's just a, like a little vacuum, just like a little Roomba. You just, you see their mouth oh, open man. up, their gills, their gills like flare, your bait's gone. And you have to wait because they'll spit that bait out. And so once they spit it out and they suck it back in, dude, you just, you reel down until you can like feel the pressure, kind of like you're fishing like a citizen or something. And you just totally, yeah. you lay the wood to them. It is so much fun. And they don't move. I was going to say, it move. sounds almost like, like the soft bait bite. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. It is a lot of fun. But, um, back, back to the Reddit thing, like, I, like you were talking about, like, where you just, you just obtain all this information that's like, um, on Reddit, I'm, I'm on a bunch of podcast groups and like, uh, merchandise groups. And I learned so much stuff. It's, it's ridiculous. And like you said, you hold on to it and then you, you, you use it one day. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so glad I fucking, you know, wasted a percent of my brain capacity to remember this thing because it came in handy Absolutely. today. Yeah, even even things you don't realize you retain, like through listening to podcasts or watching YouTube. I mean, there's so many tools now to help you become a better angler or get good at whatever you want to be good at. I mean, anything you're interested in, you can do it now. The Internet's crazy, but it, it's cool. You know, someone will say something to me and I won't even realize I retained it until I'm on the water and like all like be spotlighted out in a point and i'm like oh you know maybe i should cast this way stuff like that and relate that back to something i heard that i didn't even realize i heard months ago yeah it uh like you said you can learn dude you can learn anything on youtube i learned how to fly fish on youtube i learned how to take car photography on youtube i i've googled a lot of shit about the podcast on youtube just because i didn't know like how the fuck to work some websites and stuff i googled how to do my llc because i had no idea how to do that online and like boom Dude, that stuff, it's, it can be pretty complicated you know like even when i was like starting my business it's like half the stuff you'd never know unless that was a tool that was there so i mean even uh five years ago you know it was different so like a lot of the stuff i was like walking into city hall i'm like okay so what's good with this but yeah what 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 can this get me and that's what i was i was so happy that i was able to do it all online like during covid the state of michigan pushed it all online so you can do it through like the online secretary of state and um the treasury and shit. And I was so glad because my parents were like, yeah, you have to go to That's town dope. hall or the city clerk and do it. I'm like, Oh my gosh. First off, I don't want to do that in general. Second off, I don't want to do that in a city. I have no idea who anybody is or anything like fuck that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been kind of random. They probably would have been like down as hell though. They would have been like, Oh cool. Fishing podcast. Let's go. $50 from this kid. Hell yeah. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll take your money. <laughs> um, uh, getting getting back on track just a little bit. Um, do you th- what like what age do you think your dad was like? Oh yeah, I definitely I definitely lost him. He's not a saltwater guy. He's definitely a bass fishing guy from here on out. Hmm, probably towards like 
the end of his life really i mean so i guess like typical like father son type of story i mean i like was fit time when i was a kid and obviously like that was his bread and butter so i kind of fell out of it for a long time until probably like nine or ten years ago and i picked it back up and just kind of like full sent into where i am today but at that point i mean i i was only fishing for bass so he was like oh well he's you know he'd be like oh you should go out and try to get some striper you know they're running and it's like eh, nah pretty much i mean like i definitely could and like there are still dudes not really now but last month you know there were dudes up here like getting crazy schoolies every single night but do you think um do you think that that would be appealing Maybe maybe on swim baits, or do you or do you just love the concept of bass oh, so much that dude. it doesn't care? I mean, I I'm just super interested in in largemouth primarily. I mean, we have great smallmouth fishing. I know you do too out there, but um, it's like just takes the cake. honestly because like the bigger largemouth up here, I'm our trophy fish caliber is probably about the same. I would imagine just with having ice on our water through some of the year and stuff but uh it's like they're hard to trick largemouth in general and when you do get that really good one it just kind of is infatuating um it'll definitely keep you going right yeah no exactly so the the idea of swim baits and striker i mean oh dude it can absolutely be done i could take probably over 70 percent of the baits that i'm super confident in and just go put them in the salt and be successful but also like man i'm i'm just like i would feel bad for my bait as soon as it went in the ocean you know like they all have their place that's for sure yeah i was about to say guys guys cast those like huge like uh plugs and stuff and i'm like that is no different than like an eight or ten inch like punker like that is like the same exact thing you can definitely do it. Like uh glide bite for striper is sick. Uh especially like a lot of dudes around here, they'll catch them on like big white soft plastics. I mean, there's there's not much of a difference between th- that and like, you know, a citizen or a hug. Like it, yeah. it would definitely work a hundred percent. But then you feel like shit because they just tore up your, you know, sixty dollar bait. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that would absolutely suck. Or just like lay into a really good one and have your drag too tight and like see you later gosh yeah dude fuck that um it, it, when did you st- okay so you got into bass fishing at what point in time did you kind of start to hear about swim baits or like you were just like oh i i'm gonna i'm gonna buy one of these swim baits whatever your first one was and you're like oh my gosh this is like a change all thing to me like i need to be doing this whenever i go out to bass fish now so i would say when I was fishing conventional super hard. Like I was on YouTube a lot and I think Gilbert was the first really influential person that I started to pay attention to. And I mean, his videos speak for themselves. I mean, you can learn so much, but it's, if you want to get inspired, I mean, go sit on his YouTube. It's a really easy thing to do. 
Oh, uh, yeah. But Mike Gilbert and Working Class Zero definitely had a huge hand in it um, when I first started. And I had a few friends. Um, actually, the first person I ever saw throwing big swim baits here, I was out fishing for pike, which is not something I normally do. But it, it was a weird year on one of my friend's boats. And he had made uh, these like really ornate, huge, multi-jointed wooden swim baits. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, they're, they're going to eat that? And he was like, oh, yeah, definitely. So we caught like a ton of pike at this pond up here. Um, it's That pond is basically overrun with them. And that's what it's there for primarily is just to catch pike. But um, we were fishing in a similar manner to fishing for bass. And uh, he worked that bait around this boulder and like a four and a half pounder came out and smoked it. And it was just like an eye opening moment for me. And I was like, wow, like that fish did not even care. That bait's three times the size of him and like didn't even care. So from that point on, I, I kind of started dabbling in like uh, the eight inch HUD and I had a couple lower end glides like the S waiver and stuff like that. And I had success. And from that point on, uh, it just kind of became heavier and heavier with swim bait influence until about, I want to say 2019. And then I just started only throwing swim baits. You know, it's funny that you, here we are. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the HUD um is one of your early baits because dude that's that's a bait like just soft baits in general i know i've talked about it before but that's a bait that guys don't necessarily get hooked on because they're so unsure of them and then like they'll be fishing for they'll be fishing hard baits for two or three years and then they're like super timid of soft baits like they don't they don't really it's kind of like oh, a yeah. thing that they're not sure about so it's it's always it's always reassuring to hear guys when they like are like fish for a year and they're already talking about fishing huds and citizens and stuff. It's like, okay, like it's, it's just not a common stigma. Like there, there are people who, who just naturally have confidence in a big soft bait. I, I agree. I think like a lot of the people I talk to that are like, uh, first starting to get, it, to get into it or a lot of the people that I know locally that do it, which isn't that many people, but, uh, there's, a high percentage of them that just don't fish soft baits and from experience a lot of my bigger fish have been on working class zero or huddleston or just soft baits in general i think it's a great way to target uh trophy fish and i mean that bite is it's hard to beat just the way they eat it and the hook set like there's so much that go into that puzzle that make it glorious so to oh. speak i mean it's it's one of the most fun bites you can get on even if it's one fish yeah dude um it's the, i don't this year like i it, i mean granted this doesn't happen but if i was to if i was to name like the year the style of fishing this year would be the year of big soft baits because i mean like the guys i don't know obviously it's you know fucking four thousand miles away from you but the guys on the west coast like the pnw guys and like the guys in canada dude They've been absolutely oh, totally. sweeping, sweeping the fish with battle shads and citizens. Like my buddy, he'll go out and he'll catch 
he'll catch two or three fives, flipping it like a jig underneath docks and all his buddies, you know, Frank Headland and, and Brent Davis and all these other guys I've had on the show, dude, they're just stroking them on soft baits. And then you have uh, Stephen Clipper, who's a guy who lives in British, British. Yeah, I talked to him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I talk, talk, yeah. I mean, he catches a nine, two on a six inch battle shad. Like, dude, he's, he's crushed it this year. It's, uh, I mean, he's been doing really good, but th- that bait, the citizen and the battle shad, those are proven baits at this point. I mean, he's laid the groundwork and if you throw them and in, in almost any sort of application, like they will get bit, uh, especially, uh, Mike's formula now is a little bit softer and it implements so much more action into his baits. You can almost just cast it out there and with whatever subtle or natural movement uh the current is giving that bait like it's enough to get it bit there's enough attention there um earlier this year uh one of my closest friends we were out on his ranger and this is actually up on his instagram and i think mike posted a picture of the fish too but uh he has hummingbird 360 i i forget what the like i don't know video game fishing hummingbird oh there is this uh, like live tar- or active target it's no it's it's like 360 live i want to say i don't know yeah yeah where, where, it's like the, where it's like the radar going around you i think it's like yeah yeah, it's, yeah. dude i mean it it's dope hit that his boat is sick it's decked but uh we were on a pretty big school at one of the biggest lakes around here. And um, you could see him like hunker down to the bottom, just eating on these white perch. And we're both fishing citizens, but he drops the citizen in and just uh, we're vertical fishing, like yeah. vertical jigging basically with oh a God. citizen. It was crazy, dude. So uh, we're letting it hit the bottom and he just like, gives it a little shake, a little pop, and uh, links up with a six and a half. Oh. So I net that, drops it back in, catches a twin six and a half, same oh way, God. both on a citizen. It, dude, it was wild. I like, uh, like watching him catch both those fish the same way. And it's cool. You know, like I, I guarantee you, if he wasn't thinking outside the box like that, you know, like, Oh, maybe this will work. Using a different application with a bait that those fish had never seen, it might not have worked. I mean, no, for sure. Um, I, I, I said Stephen caught that fish on the the citizen. It was actually he caught the he caught the nine two largemouth on the TK. All the smallmouth he's been catching, like the six pound smallies, those yeah. have all been on yeah, the you're right. battle shad. I yep. just I had to, yeah, I had to look because I wasn't sure and I, I just wanted to correct myself because I know he'll listen and he'll be like, Oh, I didn't catch it on that, you liar. <laughs> he's he's always uh messaging me about uh UFO stuff because he, he just picked up his first UFO and uh he's he was like so hype on it. He's like, dude, I love lakes, this thing's gonna crush and I was like, dude, yep, just throw it. It'll get bit yeah. like crazy. I know he caught a six on it pretty quick after getting it, if not like the yeah, same like the second week. day. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, he's he's a machine, dude. I don't even know. He lives. He must live in like some crazy fish filled island in, in Canada or something. When I when I picture north of me, I just don't picture giant fish. And he seems to just have an abundance of 
enormous bass. Yeah, he's he's he says he's gonna come on when he breaks the one lake record. He's he's he fishes like two lakes, I I think, and he's broke the one lake record twice. And he's always like, "Well, that's not the lake I told you that I'd come on after I broke it." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, dude, whatever." He'll come on. He just needs to come on. He will. He will. Maybe after me. He's he's a good guy. I like him. But um, so so yeah, you. At what point in time, I guess, did you did you pick up your first battle shatter citizen, or was it like when you right when you got into swim bait fishing? So, uh, the first soft baits I really was ever fishing were Hoddlestons for sure. Um, and then let me see, the first couple citizens I got were from uh, my friend Sam, who lives in New Hampshire. And one of my close buddies, Jake, who's up here, he gave me one. Um, and I had success with those pretty much right off the rip. Um, but I would say in, in general, it was right around 2019 that I like kind of just committed to swim bait fishing. And uh, it, it would have been around that time. But uh, soft baits in general, I mean... I've had a lot of success uh, shore pounding. I mean, from my boat, it's I've, a lot of the bigger fish I've caught, like six plus pounds, have been on soft baits. Damn, it's it's funny to hear that you you got into it. We got into it right around the same time. Maybe I was the year before, year and a half before. But it's funny because we were on completely opposite ends of the spectrum. I was fishing multi joint swimmers. And you were talking about glide baits and soft baits. I, I had a HUD 68 and I lost two of the biggest fish I had ever seen at that point in time on it. Like in back-to-back casts, they were sitting up under these, underneath this dock paired together. And uh, I know I've told the story before, but it's probably been a while. I almost, I, I had both of these fish hooked in right to this uh, dock. And this dock was like lifted way out of the water. Water was kind of low this, that point in that year, like super early spring. And I kid you not, the one was probably seven pounds and uh the the kid i was fishing with he was a little bit younger than me he was probably like in seventh grade and he's down there just trying to grab this fish and he can't get it he can't get it and it finally pops off and he's like oh my gosh that was the biggest fish i've ever seen i'm like well yeah it's shitty so i cast up underneath this dock and like we can see these fish and i'm just slow rolling it and uh this fish comes up and eats it same exact thing happens he didn't he couldn't lip it popped off and that one was even bigger and i was like i i was i just played it cool like i didn't care uh, like, looking at it back, looking oh, back at it now, it I hurts, don't care. Though. But I was like, I was, I was more playing off the size. I'm like, oh yeah, it's whatever. Like I'm, I'll get more fish like that. And at that point in time, like, I think I was maybe just freshly 16, and I was like, oh my gosh, those are the biggest fish I've ever seen. I lived in Alabama for like nine years. I never saw a fish that big. Oh man, I've, I, I definitely feel you on that. I mean, it comes with the territory with soft baits too. I definitely feel it almost like topwater, you know, there, there is that margin of n- having a shittier hookup ratio for sure. If, if everything doesn't go as planned, then it's pretty easy to lose the fish, but yeah. And, and my when you gear, do have success, you'll be rewarded for sure. Yeah. And my gear was, you know, uh, anything but perfect. It was a six, nine KVD jerkbait rod when he still fished for quantum. And it was like an Abu, fuck what's their next step up from the black max the silver max i think and it had 65 pound braid on it and i was just fishing man i had the baits i was just fishing i didn't know what i was doing <laughs> i did not expect to, to hook two fish like that in one day 
there's there's a lot of truth to that though i mean like the drawing power of the bait mixed with you know you just kind of going with the flow that could be enough a lot of the time and i'm sure you learned a lot from that too that's one of the coolest things about fishing i mean after that experience you took that and i bet you still use little nuances from that day right now today yeah i use the right shit crazy enough um i i've been doing it for like four or five years i've never had a net before i've never netted a fish <laughs> i've either oh, bumped with them or I, I grab them just because i i don't know i just don't like dicking around with a net i and i this, I, I this fish year I've, I've started to yeah i fish on shore so much that it's like I get up and move or I'm out waiting in the river. Like I could have a fly vest on with a, with a net that's attached to my vest, but you know, I'll just, I, I don't know. I just don't see the economical use in it. I'm just like, short fuck pounding, it. definitely. I, I don't bring a net when I short pound either, but uh, most of the time, you know, like if it's that good, like you're going to get it on the bank one way yeah, or another, exactly. but yeah, it's, it's too much. I, most of the time I all like, I, I feel like if I bring, three setups that's too much for shore pounding and then everyone's already looking at me like i have six heads and i don't care but that that's how with I the feel. Net, that would be too much right and like i mean you're i don't know like you, i mean you just touched on it, it look like you have six heads like if i'm walking around and i don't have a i don't have a working class travel board i have a big fucking 30 inch wood board so i'm not going to carry that around i'm not going to carry a net around i'm not gonna <laughs> no way dude i like I hate carrying around a GoPro because everybody stops and talks to me. And I honestly, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Like maybe it's just in my head, but I feel like when I'm filming myself and I know I'm filming myself, like I set my expectations so high and like, I'm like, Oh my God, you're gosh, right. A hundred percent, man. I know it's recording. Like I'm going to look so stupid if I have to delete yep. a 40 minute video. Cause I don't hook anything. Dude, my, uh, my PB was not on film. Oh, oh, most of the bigger fish I've caught, like either the GoPros died or it just hasn't been in the boat altogether. Like maybe it was raining and I was like too paranoid about water getting in there or something. Like right, yeah. Uh, but it, it's almost like when you're not thinking about the camera rolling, that's just another aspect of your attention that fishing gets, so to speak. Dude, a hundred percent. Like you're not worrying about if the camera is facing the right way, if it's angled right, that you can see the reel. And and I fish super clear water, so I'm like, oh, if it's at the right angle, I'll be able to see the fish follow it. And and I just I just focus too much on it. I just don't focus on fishing. Like for guys who do like like Jeffrey who does big YouTube videos with like his big camera and shit. And oh yeah. Dude, just props to all those guys because that that's just another thing on my plate that I can't really sacrifice to worry about because I just want to go out and fish. 100% man 100% it's like it is a lot and then you know like especially if if you go out and fish for eight or nine hours and like for me you know I I have a tracker so it's like a lot of boat pushing it around my property like getting everything put away like especially when you blank you know like you're already like a little bit discouraged but you're still going to go back out there and do it and then you have to like go in like charge your external batteries, wipe your footage or like watch what you want to watch and get the information you can retain. It's just, it's just another aspect to it. Really. It can be a lot. Yeah. I, I filmed a little bit. Fuck, when was this? This was like May. It was before my birthday. I would go out and I'd, I'd fish this little uh, river and I was fishing the elude flash decoy. And so like, 
these fish would just come up and smash this thing because it's like a topwater walking bait style. And I, I got I got a decent amount of, of blow-ups and stuff, but I just like I could not connect with fish when I was recording. And I'd turn the GoPro off and throw it in my waterproof bag, and boom, I'd catch 10 fish that day. I'm like, I, I don't know what it is. I just I can't win for losing with a GoPro, so I just I don't really even care about it anymore, especially like if it's on my chest and stuff. Like it just distracts me way too much. Oh, dude, that's that's way harder. Yeah, I usually like. I've got like an external battery and one of those like uh, stands that I have for my tracker. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm like, if I'm on my kayak or I'm shore pounding or whatever, like I don't really mess with it, but you know, that's what phones are for, I suppose. For yeah. If you exactly. do have the success. There's, there's some moments though, when I am shore pounding and in the past where I'm like, Oh man, the, the one time, you know, I didn't have my GoPro. Um, I was the first fish I caught this year, probably one of the most memorable fish I've, I've caught in my entire life. Uh, I was at a body of water that I'm uh, pretty frequently at all year. Um, it, it was one of the first places that I found open water, but man, it was like maybe barely casting distance unfrozen the rest of the water was completely frozen solid so sick. Um, and I, this was march here so it was it was cold and it was more like you know i'm just gonna go cast everyone's gonna think i'm crazy Let's knock the dust um, off right exactly like the you know the gears are turning it's time to be outside and i was throwing a kgb legend and but like basically just like the tail was like ticking the ice that's as far as i could get it and just working it real slow like uh i would say probably a full turn every three seconds and i couldn't see the bait uh the water was super super dark and it was a white shad profile so i'm like you know this probably won't work anyway and i was out there for three or four hours and i was about ready to call it and uh nobody was out there all day and all of a sudden i see like a group of three people walking down the road and i get this glide to my feet and i turned it all the way around and started reeling in the slide because i was just going to you know cast it out again and a five pounder just came out and ate it right at my feet i watched it at the water must have been like 30 something degrees and i flipped it right onto the bank and the, the people were like oh my god like it, it was nuts, dude. It That's was so badass. cool. I so cool. Uh, I caught my first one beginning of April, January, April. Yeah, beginning of April, and dude, it was snowing that day. This is like a probably like a fifty acre lake, so it's not okay. I'm gonna say that, but I don't actually know because my acreage measurements are way off. It's not a very large lake. We'll just say that right in the middle of downtown of this really big town. And there's like three foot rollers and my buddy, he's a younger kid. He's going full blast in his, uh, what is it? Like a 18 or 19 foot Triton. And dude, I thought we were going to die. We're going like 67 across the water and, uh, hitting these big wakes and everything or big waves and everything. And we set up and we're fishing. And that was, that was probably my best day of fishing this year. I caught almost 15 pounds with three fish, like, or I caught, it would have been like really close to 15, if not a little bit over with three fish that day. The only three fish I caught all day. 
and like I said, it was April, beginning of April. It was still snowing. They didn't even have the docks in, and it was, what was the water temperature? The water temperature was like 40, 39 to 42 degrees, and I was just dead oh, walking. Yeah. Okay, and it was so crazy. It was like, Dude, that it was is prime magical. time. Yeah, it was so magical. It's that like, when most of the water is frozen and you get bit, it's it's that much cooler. It really is. I've had a lot of success on soft baits and glides, like on half frozen water. It's just so cool to, you know, it, it's almost like there's nothing there. And then suddenly you link up with like that one fish you've been working for and it's all worth it. Yeah, it was it was so badass because the kid I fished with, he lives right down the road from the lake. He fishes the lake all the time. He fishes all the weekend tournaments, uh, weeknight tournaments out there, and he'd always place if not coming first. And that was the first time he had ever broken twenty four pounds out there. And I I had the three fish anchor, and it was like snow. It, dude, it was just it was so crazy. That was such an awesome day. I remember taking. I'm I'm so pissed. This kid sucks ass at taking pictures. So like the only good pictures, are the ones I have of the fish laying on the deck next to my rod and stuff, because like his his camera skills are not there at all. I'm like, oh my gosh, Will, you bastard! <laughs> you really screwed me out of these pictures. Hey, I mean, you'll remember that forever, though. Oh, Those yeah, days dude. are the ones you hold on to for sure. Yeah, it was. He's like, oh my gosh. He's like, I've never seen somebody catch three for fifteen out of here <laughs> in the beginning of April. It was so badass it's it's like that fine line you know like when the water's like not cold enough but like there's not ice on it just cold enough you know what i mean like yeah then you'll do really good it's i'm i'm still trying to figure that out you know we're dropping back down here but i've had some good luck lately with it with it getting colder um i blew my lower unit up last weekend so now i'm waiting for that i hit a rock going like i don't even know probably like five miles an hour like not oh. even anything substantial i wish it was cooler but just seized, uh, off. no i seized some gears in my my lower unit so oh. everything seized right now i had someone come look at it yesterday and i think i have my on the exact lower unit i need if the planets align and i should have it done in the next couple of weeks just in time to winterize it and put it away <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'll 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 still be after it. I'll be a weekend warrior in my kayak for as long as I can be. But damn, dude, that is that's the way it goes, man. It's it's like you know having a boat. It's it's always something. Every other time I go out, you know, something will stop working or I dump some money somewhere. But it's all worth it. Yeah, talking talking to Dustin Wheeler and uh, and Trevor Johnson when we were talking about the um the the showdown. That's why. I'm pretty sure it was them. We were talking about hauling, pulling boats everywhere. And I was like, yeah, you haul your boat a thousand miles and you got to replace two axles and you have a blown out tire. And that's not even the boat maintenance. That's just your fucking trailer. You drove it a yeah. thousand miles. If like, it's not the boat, it's the trailer. Yep. Yeah. Dude. Trailers. I feel like are always happy. I feel like, okay, the year is 2022. I feel like they could, they could just fucking redesign the trailer and make it a little bit better. <laughs> like these trailers. Honestly, it's, it's especially like, uh, if you have like, any sort of an older boat like the chances are that the trailer's busted and you're going to be going through stuff like crazy um long, all as long as you you know it, preventative maintenance if you're good at preventative maintenance then you will be much more successful with boat ownership and fishing and everything involved but it's a learning curve for sure yeah i need to i'm i'm sending my reels off to somebody this winter to get them clean because 
first off, I don't trust myself. And second off, um, my one, my one Corrado K that's like my workhorse. I fish everything on that thing. It sounds like it's on its last leg. Like it is, it's on its way out. If it doesn't get clean soon, it's the thing is so fucking loud. I usually send mine to uh, Gully's real repair. He's in California, but he does a really good job. Five huh. stars. Damn, I'll have to look into that. Pretty, pretty affordable. He he does a lot of uh, West Coast dudes stuff out there, but um, never had a problem. He's gotten all mine brand new every time. Yeah. Damn, that's sick. I'm gonna have to look into that. Um, have. I, I, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but just diving into it a little bit more. When you started swim bait fishing, I mean, it. you guys were obviously out pike fishing. Is there a lot of guys who pike fish with big baits and not necessarily bass fish? Or is it just uh, like no. big baits in general, just fucking nothing in your area? So my friend I was out with then, he was a tournament musky fisherman. I want to say in Wisconsin. Oh, like Thorn Brothers. Um, yeah, so... The, he was like, you know, he kind of had it dialed in for that. Um, but at that time, there was even less people throwing anything bigger up here. Now, I would say it's still only a handful of people. And, and most of them are my friends. Uh, as far as like people that I know of that do it consistently, as far as people that I know of that do it primarily, even less. But I'm, I'm sure there are people uh, doing it that I don't know about. And I mean, even recently, like I've had a few people hit me up that are like, hey, you know, I'm getting into throwing swim baits this year. I'm in Maine. No, I'm like, really? Um, there goes the town. You, you know, <laughs> I'm, no, I mean, like it's it's bound to happen. Like anybody that says success and some people will stick with it and some people will get frustrated and realize that they're not going to catch the same quantity of fish, but that's something everyone should know going into it anyway. But, um, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's quality over quantity. That's go big or go home is the mentality. And that's why you do it. But, um, but there it's definitely few and far between as far as man goes. I mean, the greater population of bass fishermen here are pretty stereotypical as much as I hate to say that, but <laughs> we've got, funny. we've got a pretty good community of um, like I've a friend group. I mean, up here um, and we all fish together pretty often uh, as far as people that like only throw swim baits and, you know, it's, it's more fun. It's, it's tough to fish uh, if you're only throwing swim baits uh, with someone throwing conventional right behind you, you know, it's almost not the same. They've got like six casts for every cast you have. Damn. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do you, it's weird because it, it hasn't caught on here per se. Like people are definitely interested in it. Like I don't post anything in the big Michigan bass fishing pages, but that's just because first I don't, I don't fucking care. And second off, it's Bob like, burn. I'd, I'd still like to keep this decently low key, but like even when yeah, guys, dude. even when guys do, like everybody asks, like, oh, how much is this bait? And then, um, like, uh, like Jake, Jake posts every once in a while with the hill country baits, and they'll ask, and he'll be like, oh, yeah. you know, 150 bucks, and they're like, oh my gosh, fuck that, I could, you know, these are these are the type of guys that 
that wouldn't buy Vision One Tens because they're twenty five oh, bucks. Exactly, and that's and and it really is like it's it's crazy. It it is crazy. Like the amount of money that we spend, like the fact that we're putting that amount of money with the application we're using it in. I mean, I've definitely this year I um, lost a three hundred dollar glide to a fish's face. Uh, you know, it, it happens, but, and you can't hang up on that kind of stuff. Like it sucks. Um, but you're, you're going to lose baits. Like, uh, Gilbert said, you Gilbert, know, yeah. gone. Yeah. it's, it's, that's a great mentality because if you're scared to lose it, you're not going to get bit. Dude, I lost a, I lost a Piz carp in the mail. It didn't even make it to me. And I, it was gone. <laughs> didn't even have time to consider if it was going to be yeah, gone or dude, not. Yeah, USPS considers it gone for sure. They, dude, it doesn't matter. They have no holds. They will lose your dude, packages. The shitty thing is, is it said it was, it says it was delivered. I had two packages. One I had a psycho trout, and the other one I had the uh, the the Piz carp in. They both said they were delivered. Uh, called USPS. Oh, like, well, if they said it was delivered, then we can't help you. I said, did someone boost well, it? No, well, that's the thing. Like my boss, my boss and I talked about it. Um, he used to live at this apartment complex and worked here for fucking ten years. He's like, and like, just I was like, if somebody was gonna steal a package, I was like, why wouldn't they steal both of them? Why would they only steal one? Like that, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. If I was somebody, if I was no, that steal doesn't, shit, that doesn't I'd steal sense. all of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, that I I suppose go big or go home, right? Yeah, no. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I was. I was so pissed. Not like I was going to fish it. I was going to give it away, but I was like, it's still all 300 bucks. I can't totally. make an insurance claim. It, it does suck, man. I mean, like those things happen and you, you know, sometimes you'll have crazy stories and, and get them back. And, and sometimes not, you know, I lost, um, the UFO. I caught my PB on, I've lost a oh, couple dude. baits that, you know, I had just like, it, it hurts a lot more when there's memory attached to them. But yeah. If, if if you're not gonna throw it you're not gonna get bit so yeah and that's the thing it's like there's a fine line between having sentiment sentimental value to it and like oh i'm just i'm just not gonna fish this like i'll just set it aside and it's like fuck but i don't want to buy another one and it's like i I really like the way this one swims especially like if it's a if it's a garage bait like they also i mean it's no no surprise they all swim a little bit different even from batch to batch sure and it's like it's like fuck. Like I, I really like Dude, this one. When when one of them has the mojo, and it's gone, that's that's even worse. You know, that's as bad as sentimental value for sure. Um, but it's you know, money is money. It can be made, and I've been pretty fortunate in uh, having a good relationship with a lot of the bait builders who I support. So um, yeah, most it's... of the time. It doesn't hurt as bad, but yeah, it's, I will say it's a lot shittier to lose a bait, like a bait maker gave to me than I bought because it's like, oh, absolutely. Like this guy gave it to me. He wanted me to catch a lot of fish on it. And I fucking lost it with the second fish that I hooked with it. Like, fuck me. How do I tell him this? Like, it's so, oh man, actually the, uh, one of the, the, I was I was just talking about the glide that I lost this year. Um, it was Danny Delamater's oh, field glide. Yep. Um, 
and like I talk to him pretty often, but uh, one of the first ones he made and I was fishing that and like he kept checking in with me. He's like, you know, like, have you had success with it yet? And I was like, dude, I like just haven't really had a chance to go out. And I had my GoPro rolling and I threw it out and I was working it around some cover and uh watched a fish it, it wasn't even uh any sort of trophy bass by any means probably three and a half four pounds my god uh, comes Fuck. out and I'm, i must have just had like some sort of abrasion nick or kink in my line way way down and watched it eat it set the hook and just reeled the rest of my slack in and it was gone so i i was deep it's cold and I sat there and looked for it for a while, but I was like, oh no, man. Cause you know, like he hooked me up. That was like one of the first ones. I'm like, no, but I just sent him the uh, GoPro footage when I got home and I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn dude. That's, but, you know, that's it's brutal. It hurt me way more than it hurt him. So it is yeah. what it is, but it's, that, that- you know, like, it's it's just one of those things man like that's fishing yeah it's it's funny because that's exactly what happened to me i hooked it wasn't a three and a half it was the biggest bass that i've seen up to date at least eat my bait and uh worst part was my gopro wasn't going i had turned it off because i was almost done and i went to go turn it back on and for some reason it was on fucking picture mode so i have two pictures of the rod doubled over oh no and uh yeah this this fish wrapped me up around a um like a boat tie-off post and we have a bunch of zebra mussels up here i don't know if you guys have them out there and it fucking i i, I mean i'm trying to keep it pinned it's around this so i really oh, don't yeah. have enough tension on it and i feel a patink and i like fuck and i just i sat there for a second because i didn't want to reel it in i'm like i'm either gonna reel this in and the bait's gonna be there or i'm gonna reel this in and it's gonna be dead weight and i'm gonna be missing about 15 feet of line and of course it was oh, the matter and i was like oh my gosh i have to text this guy like i had the bait for dude honestly like 13 hours like not very long dude, that's at all. so sad that's I, so sad i i sat down it's... i sat down on the dock and i just i sat there for 10 15 minutes and i was like okay this fish is going to jump. It's going to toss the bait and then I can just jump in the water and I'll swim down and get it. Like that's, this is exactly how it's going to go. Fucking sat yeah. there, nothing. And then I got home and uh, I was up in my parents' house and my girlfriend was up there with me and my girlfriend was sleeping or, or showering or something. And my parents were out in the garage and I walk in the garage and they were like, my, they were talking to me and I was like being short with them. And my dad's like, what the fuck is wrong, dude? Like you don't need to be a dick to us. And I'm like, I, I lost a bait that I got for free. Okay. Like it's, it's not a big deal, oh, but it's a really big deal it, to me. Like, I'm so hurt. pissed. Yeah. yeah. And my dad's like, my dad, like my, my dad understands like what I do, like these baits and shit. And so do my mom, because they, they know my spending habits on them. They're like, Oh totally. man, that's shitty. And like, my girlfriend is like, what's wrong. I was like, I lost a bait. Okay. Like, and she, she's not really coherent to, to it. And, um, I ended up taking like a three hour nap because I was just in a depressed state. And uh, oh, we, no, we, met the, we met the That's bait maker at the normal. gathering. Yeah, yeah. We met the bait maker at the gathering, and my girlfriend was with me, and she met him. And she's like, oh, my gosh, he's such a good guy. Like, he's so cool. He's so nice. And I'm like, That's why I felt like a pile of shit when I lost his bait, is because he's super cool. And like, I, 
I, I, I'm sure I didn't let him down, but that's exactly how I felt. Like I was like, he felt like he should give me a bait because I catch fish. And then this is what I fucking do to him. Like a big slap in the face, even though I, I had no control over it. Dude, it's, it's, it does make you feel down, but I mean, at the same time, you know, they expect it to, it's, right. yeah, it's a bait. Like that's always, uh, a risk when it comes to it. But, um, I mean, I've, I had a similar situation. Uh, I have a prank down UFO. It's just like a gill scheme, but it goes, I want to say right around three to five feet. Um, I've, I've caught the most fish on that bait over any of the baits I have pushing over 300 fish now, but um, it's, and it's still going strong. It's still swims. Perfect. I've blown the bill off it like a billion times and Eric's fixed it up every time. But, um, but I, this was like two summers ago. I was out with one of my friends and I wasn't running my GoPro, but um, I had a fish break me off and I was fishing this pond. That's full of dinks. Like the biggest fish I've caught uh, out of there was like a five pounder. Like I, there, there's not trophy fish. It gets hammered on like crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that five pounder, it was like a freak thing. I'm like, Oh my God, how is this here? But, uh, I got broken off and I was just like cranking on a shallow flat covering water. And I was like, that is so weird. But, um, I was fishing Copoly. So, uh, I waited for a minute and I was, I was just like in disbelief. I'm like, what just happened? And my buddy's like, Hey, is that your line? And I was like, yeah, it is. So my line was floating on top of the water, hadn't had enough time to sink yet or enough weight. And uh, I hand-lined it in, and it was a double. Oh, my gosh. So I I hand-lined both the fish back to the boat. It was sick. And they weren't anything crazy. It was like uh, a couple two-pounders. But still, I was like, wow, that's so fucking cool. That is so badass. It's it's funny that you mentioned that floating line story because – up at home on these uh, pier heads, these fish love to fish everything taxi trout. Fucking love it. And I, I've i casted off my fair share of taxi trout up there. I mean, I think I've lost like 10 or 11 up there, and they've all caught me Whoa. a shit ton of fish. And so um, my buddy, my buddies are up there. This is when I lived down here, and my buddies are up there fishing from around here, and they're like, can, can we take your taxi and your live bait rod? I'm like, yeah, take it, whatever. I don't care. I'm not going to fish it. This was like when I was taking a break from fishing. So... They have it, and uh, they caught a few fish on it, and it wasn't until about, fuck, about four months later, it, my, it was my best friend and then, like, my, my, my good friend, and my best friend was fishing it. Nobody told me the story until a couple, a couple months ago. They're out there fishing it. My best friend is casting it, and he casts it, and I don't, he hooked a fish, and, like, the line broke, like, 40 feet off from the bait. And I, I, at this time I was fishing 65 pound braid on this, uh, this rod and he was, he started stripping down. He, dude, he, he must've casted it off. He started stripping down. He's like, oh my gosh, Adrian is going to kill me. Like this is his only taxi. He's going to fucking murder me. And he's stripping off. He's taking off his crock, taking off his shirt. And, uh, our other buddy, he's like, wait, is that the line right there? And they're like, oh my gosh, it is. And they go up and they ended up hand lining it up. This is like 25 feet of water. So there was like almost barely enough line. And uh, oh, yeah, they weren't going to tell me that for the longest time. And then one of them said something and they elaborated on it. I'm like, oh, I don't care. Like you guys got it back. Even if you didn't get it back, it's, yeah. it's another number. More it's another other story. 
yeah. the bait's still there. So yeah, exactly. you're off the hook. Yeah. Sometimes oh. you get lucky like that, man. But it's, you know, like soft baits, anything like that. I've lost so many soft baits. Like, and there's just nothing you can do, you know? It's like I have uh, one of the, uh, I forget who made Frank something, Toothy, Toothy Fishman. Oh, the makes guy this, who makes uh, the, the lure retriever? Yeah, yo, those work great, and it saved me a ton of money. But I have the pound and a half one on like a hundred feet of like a hundred pound uh, paracord, or, and yeah, yeah. I keep that on my boat. But when you're shore pounding, you know you're not going to use that. It's it's not going to do anything for you. So, got it. Yeah, Chalk it up I, as a loss sometimes. Move on. I've lost a lot of baits in the river this year, and. That's why I'm like, ah, it's an SO River 168. I don't care. Like, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a depth 250. I mean, even though they're not right. cheap, but those are easy to come by enough. <laughs> Dude, that's, it's like, like, especially when it's a glide or something like that that sinks, man, it, it hurts when it goes down. But, yeah. You hang it up on I one mean, rock and you're like, shit. <laughs> like I said, you know, most of the time, like, if you're in good graces, you're lucky enough to have a relationship with the bait maker, then you can get another one. But, Still, it still hurts. It yeah. sucks. No way around it. Shitty to send that email or send that like DM, like, "Hey, dude, um, the bait looked awesome. It looked so good that the fucking fish just took it right from me today." Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's working, but <laughs> yeah, maybe have, too good. Have you been able? Well, I guess before we get to that one, so do you primarily fish like soft baits, like citizens and battle shads and stuff now? Like this past year, um. No, I would say like that's so I always have a soft bait tied on for sure. A hundred percent of the time, usually it's going to be uh, a citizen six, seven or a battle shad. Um, but uh, I have four setups and I usually try to have a soft bait, a crank down, a glide and then some sort of top water, usually like a wake. But um i wouldn't say i give more attention to one than oh, the other the other so to speak it, it, obviously like there's a lot of variables that go into that and uh it depends on you know water clarity water temperature uh weather conditions all of that but um i definitely enjoy fishing all of those equally i would say yeah, what are what are your rod setups for each one of the the categories the main categories there that you just listed off so I use all lowdown customs. Um, I have a medium light, um, which I think is medium lights, like half ounce to three ounces. Um, that That's brought thick. a lot of fun. Um, and you, you can throw a lot of different things on it too, but uh, that rod's perfect for any like six inch UFO, uh, any of like the smaller baits. EK rod. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be a great TK wad for like uh, dead walking and stuff like that. Yeah, it yeah. works great for sure. Um, and then I have two extra heavies. One of them is a, like one of his actual custom builds, and then one of them's a white label, and which is like his production line. And then I have a heavy. Um, for my soft baits, I primarily stick to the heavy, unless it's going to be something really big like uh, Nate's baits uh nine and a half inch trout or 
at like a 10 inch huddle stand, anything like that, I would go with uh, an extra heavy for sure. But I like the sensitivity of the heavy over the extra heavy. Like sometimes that little bit can really make a difference in detecting bites. Yeah. I, I've always seen his stuff and I've always wanted to try it, especially like watching Jeffrey and shit. But dude, after hearing that half ounce to three ounce, like that'd be a kick-ass TK or I, it's, dude, TK it's is so great. badass. There's it. I, I swear like that thing just rocket spades too. If you know how to load it, then you can send a six inch UFO like 10 miles. It's crazy. Um, and, so and like just, just fighting fish is, is nuts. I've, uh i got to fish in north carolina twice this year i actually hit up jason when i was down there but he was like yeah fuck you i don't know you no just kidding um he was busy he was like out of town but he's always out uh, of town but uh when i was down there i actually linked up with a double digit catfish on that medium light it was a good time i was like oh lord of course it's gonna be on this rod but um handled it no problem yeah damn dude fucking double digit catfish that thing had to feel like a fucking 15 pound anchor i was like i knew right away obviously like they eat so much differently but i was just like oh god damn it but i was still hoping in my head i'm like oh maybe this is my new pb nope that's yeah just a flathead but they're everywhere down there dude they get they get huge like that most people would have looked at that and been like, oh, that's small. You know, they're some of the catfish in North Carolina are like, dude, they're they're massive. They're like school buses. I don't understand it. Yeah, dude, they fucking grow freight trains down there. Then you got those guys out there fucking noodling them with them in stumps and shit. Dude, dude fuck forget that. it. Like they're they're honestly like pretty disgusting. Like they actually growl at you when you catch them. I've caught quite a few, but uh, they blink and they growl at you. It's like catching an alien. It's it's like really strange frog. to like. It's like yeah, uh, to like have a fish like blinking at you and like making they they make this really strange noise. Like they they just look really mad. I mean, I would like, do it for uh, them, but is it amberjack that like grunt at you? Like make that like like that super like yeah yeah pretty similar. But it's it's uh like. It it's just like almost like human like you know, not so like weird. bats are just beautiful and chill and <laughs> just right. But uh, it's you know it's a whole other ball game fishing down there anyway. Yeah, it's so always, much pressure, so much it's, pressure. It's insane. It's always weird, like especially down south, like when you don't know what the fuck you're gonna hook into because you have no idea what's in their waters. Dude, it's it's crazy and like it's fun it's, though. It's it's a tough bite to figure out. I was down there in April. I caught the catfish. I was down there like a couple months ago. But uh, when I was there in April, um, this dude that I know down there took me out a bunch. And uh, I got on some pretty decent ones. Uh, but I've caught bigger fish in Maine. I think the biggest one I caught down there was like just under six. Damn. But still, I mean, I, it was cool though, and ended up putting me on quite a few fish. And they're they're definitely built differently down there too. Like just the largemouth will look different. Yeah. Um. What what are what are the reels you use for your setups? I forgot to ask you that. No problem. Um. So for my soft baits, I've been using um an older Conquest DC. Um. 
it's not the HG DC. It's uh, a DC TE 200 DC, I want to say. So it's like the model before the like new one. But I, that reel yeah. is butter. It casts so far. Um, but it's a uh, 501, I want to say. It's slower. My and, gosh. That is um, but so I, slow. <laughs> Dude, it, it is it is slow, but um, even real fast probably, and it'll be normal speed. Yeah, definitely. I I have all varials on my stuff too, besides uh, one Tatua three hundred, um, and I rock that just as is stock. But um, other than that, DC, I have a Conquest three hundred and a Conquest four hundred, um, just the gold regular conquests and then right. i i have burials on all those but i i that, i really like those handles they they make a huge difference and then on that soft bait reel i mean uh when you're really trying to bottom bounce it and you really want to feel that bottom it'll it'll make it so you stay there and it allows the fish time to eat it but not only that um when you do need to make up for the slack in the line the handle really does help compensate yeah. for that that that's two things that I I want to get into this winter is I want to get a nice uh, soft bait rod and I want to get a Conquest or a Calcutta whichever one I don't don't really care and and then like that's one thing that I've been like so close on the edge about is getting aftermarket handles I hate Shimano's handles they're so fucking small I don't know who what yeah, baby field, baby hand field tester they have using them. But it's so small. Like you'll, you're, you'll, you're absolutely right. Yeah, they're, I'll hook they, into a fish. They don't feel right. Yeah, I hook into a fish and I can't find the fucking knobs because they're just as wide as the the real like the uh, the the handle holding them. Like you, there's nothing to grab onto. Like that's why I enjoy. Um, I had a fuck. What was it? Daiwa Alexa 400 win, and like that had the big power handle. Boom! I could oh, I could always yeah, find the power that handle. Thing. And then I have that's um. I have an Abu Revo Toro S with, I think it's like the 40 size. So it's like their mid-size one. Boom, pig power handle. I can find every time I hook a fish. Like, Shimano, you just like, yep. you're playing fucking, uh, uh, fuck, what's that game called? Um, uh, Marco Polo with those handles. You're just trying to fucking find where they are. 100%. There's, no, they're, uh, the varials are definitely like way too expensive, but they serve their purpose, you know, they're, it, it's not for nothing. And it's, it's like now with lowdown and with conquest and with varials, it's like, they just feel so good that I couldn't go to anything else. Um, yeah. and when I, when I really made the switch to only throwing swim baits and bigger baits, like, uh, I kind of just, committed at that point and it's it's panned out you know it's if you spend more money in the beginning you're going to save yourself money down the road and everything i invested in has held up super well and i beat the piss out of all of my gear like i'm sure ben would look at some of my lowdowns and be like dear lord what the hell did you do to this that's but i mean it, it still performs great and that's like you you're not going to have a 2022 Cadillac with 1995 Civic seats like it it all needs to it right. all needs to flow like you 
if you're going to lowball one thing, then why are you going to high praise everything else? Like, it's all got to be, you know, the same. It's all got to have love because if not, then you're just going to be pissed off that you haven't put money into this one thing. And, and it's 100%, just going to it'll bug you. Off. It's, it's like, uh, and especially with like the bigger handles, like it has to be fluent, uh, you know, putting one setup down and picking up the next one. Um, even if it's a totally different application, like it'll give you better odds if everything feels somewhat similar, in my opinion. Oh, I think I think that's a hundred percent accurate. Do you have okay, so do you have the round knobs, the flat knobs, or like those new groove knobs? What what do you are you just rocking the OG, like the the wider fat so... I have uh, on the conquests, just the straight up conquests. I have yeah. uh, black varials with uh, Mike Gilbert's the working glass zero flat knobs. Flat knobs, and okay. And on my soft page setup, I have the round knobs, but not so much for any particular reason. Um, I would say I prefer the flat knobs if if I was gonna choose, but um, I've kind of just like picked those handles up. Uh, my my buddy Sam, like for some reason he just has uh he must just have the plug on all DRT stuff. He's got like I think he has like ninety something TKs. He's obsessed Holy with them. Shit. But uh um, I can't blame he's, him. I don't blame him. Dude, it's it's nuts. He's crazy. He gave me uh my first TKs I ever had. I I still have them. But uh it's not really for one reason or another, but whatever he's had I've, I've pretty much gotten fortunate enough to get um or buy off him or whatever so um i prefer the flat knobs though just yeah. a lot more uh, surface area to grab onto in real right um what what color tks do you have by chance oh man i have the if you know off the top of your head, i want to so say i, I want to say it's lemonade um yeah, like the... small mouth killer uh yep. thing like it's like a highlighter green i want to say and, and then i have the bass white at the bottom yep yep and then i have the bass just straight up bass color that bass color like i i hate bass but i just i just hate bass paint in general most times but that color is so realistic and it's also Dude, i didn't realize how hard for they sure are. I didn't realize how hard they are to come by. Like you do not see very many of them at all. They only did like two runs, of, two runs of them over in Japan, I think. Um, hold on one second. Hey, Nixon, come here. My son is sitting here and he just really wants to say hi and have his voice heard. So I'm going to let him. Perfect. Nixon, Nixon, come here really <laughs> quick. All right, say hi. Just say hello. Hello. All right. Good job. <laughs> see he's made his he's set his voice in history now I, i'm gonna have to put in parentheses right. i'm gonna have to put nixon's name in the bio too <laughs> he was a part of the episode <laughs> oh man he would be very proud to hear that he's oh, six I'll years old but he's he's gonna be a hammer for sure um say oh so i have what call i have t the tk i have the first one i ever had was the monster tackle collaboration I don't know if you know what that one is off the top of your head, but it's like the pink and kind of dark, dark black, and then it fades down to a white body in that color. Yeah. I just got it off a yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was like super crazy, like super sought after. I didn't know there wasn't that many made, but that color like represents anything so well. 
and I have caught so many fish on this thing. I don't know how it hasn't cracked. Dude, you crush them on the TK for sure. Yeah. Dude, you and so many other people I know, and like on that medium light, that would be perfect for dead walking it, but I don't know. Like, I, I have such a hard time putting my confidence baits down and fishing anything else now it's it's really messed up dude it's like old habits die hard type of thing but i see you having a ton of success with them Phoenix. and like like Phoenix. steven all, all yeah. of these people and like it's that's definitely a proven bait no doubt about it at this point like and you can catch so many different calibers of fish mm. yeah. on that tk like um oh yeah it will just pretty much catch everything i would i would have probably never bought one um the first time i ever saw one i was like that thing's way too small and then um phoenix pincher i don't know if you know him but he's a he's a yeah. guy yeah yeah um, yeah I'd, i've never talked to him but i i know of him really well just through uh jeff he did he was on your podcast right i was i listened to it yeah yep uh yep. Fuck, i don't even know when that was probably like june probably but phoenix yep. and i are really really good friends we've i mean we've been friends for the last three four years and he was talking to me this year and he caught a fish on the TK. I'm like, Oh, still pretty cold out, dude. Like, how'd you do that? And he's like, Oh, I was dead walking it. I'm like, okay. I, I watched Jeffrey's video and I had Phoenix kind of walk me through it over text and over video on how he's doing it. And so I bought one and I went out there, I caught, caught a bunch of pike and then I caught a really high 30 inch pike. And I was like, Holy shit, caught a shit ton of pike on it. And then I just like, I caught one bass on it. The one time I went out and it was a, really good bass probably four and a half pounds i'm like holy shit this thing is kick-ass and then um fast forward to that april day we went out and i stuck almost 15 pounds with it on three fish i told phoenix i told phoenix and then i i like i told him how i was fishing it and i think i i might have even talked about it on the podcast like i sent him a video of how i was fishing it and he's like wait like send me send me another video i sent him another video he's like dude, you're fishing that thing way too fast. He's like, that's how I used to fish it. And I couldn't get any bites on it. He's like, Jeff, like Jeff made me slow way down. Like he showed me how to, he does it. And he fishes like a, like a jerk bait. You would like after ice out and shit. Yeah. And I'm like, are yep. you serious, dude? Like I'm fishing things so fast. Like my wrist is hurting. Like I'm literally just pop, 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 <laughs> pop, pop, pop. Like it's crazy. Dude. It's, it's like, there is the aspect of reaction, you know, and it, you were getting that reaction bite out of them um and dead walking is it's it's the same thing as like working a glide fast in my eyes you know and both of them have that like almost jerk bait ish profile oh 100 dude that works like like glides um dead walking and tk soft baits they all work uh, in any water that's not frozen i mean i'm not to say they couldn't work in frozen water but i mean that would be a different application um for sure but yeah i mean it's if there's water to fish like those or fish to be caught so to speak those will catch them for sure yeah and so i'm really excited about this coming up spring because i'm like oh my gosh like what if i can catch fish you know right after ice out because i'm not fishing it like a like a quote-unquote a maniac like super fast so that's got me really intrigued and then like I said, like, oh, yeah. I want to get like super big into the soft bait game. Like I want to catch so many pike on soft baits this year. And then I just want to transition over to Lake Bass and I just, and r- river smallmouth and shit because it just, I mean, I've done it before. I've caught them on like HUD 68s and stuff and it's a lot of fun, but I'm like, 
if I have a dedicated soft bait rod, like built to swing on soft baits and I have a super nice reel, like I, I'm never going to be able to set the fucking thing down. Like that's totally. how it is already with my TK rod. Like I never want to set the thing down. I fish everything on it. Dude, that, like it, I feel like just having one thing to cover all of the water columns, like that's the most important. And that's why, you know, like between a glide, a crank down, something top water um and a soft bait like you're going to be able to fish whatever depth whatever water water column you want um and pattern those fish primarily but um yeah i have a hard time stepping away from like uh glides crank downs uh and soft baits primarily i i have a uh pretty bad obsession with ufos um a lot of success with those and like i said gilbert's pace for sure it's it's i'll say like um i i understand why people uh fuck what's the word like fanatic or fanatics over one bait like if you get that bait and you just you just fucking pound fish on it like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna knock you for fishing one bait over the other like if you're doing it like why am I going to say like, oh my gosh, you fish UFO, like you're a terrible person. Like, oh my gosh. Like, no, if you're catching fish on it, like good for fucking you, dude. Oh, like, dude. Sometimes, it. sometimes it's ignorance though. I mean, like with that, like, uh, with any bait, you know, if I'm on a bite, like I'll go out there and continue to throw that bait and skunk, you know? And sometimes like, you know, yeah, it, sure. it might've made a difference if I switch it up, but, uh, where that confidence is it's strong you know and like some of the the ufos i have i mean like like i said uh my mid crank down i've caught like over 300 bass on that and it still looks like like his paint is just crazy man like though his whole process like uh behind how he builds baits it's pretty immaculate like uh his baits will not blow out you can burn them you can fish them as fast as you can or as slow as you possibly can and it will always swim true like i know exactly what a ufo is doing in the water when i can't see it 100 percent of the time that's that's um, and it, it's like with all of his baits too like the quality control is totally proper um but something however he paints his baits like it's like that bait i'm honestly at this point with that many fish on it it's like i I wouldn't want to repaint it it doesn't even need a makeover because it still looks still pretty yeah. good i would say that's so sick i i know i'm i'm waiting on the river to see sponsorship just because how much i talk about the s waiver 168 because that bait dude it's like my fucking dude, that would be sick. They, dude those catch him i've i uh i had a couple s waivers uh and I, I gave one to a barber that works for me and he was trying to get into throwing swim baits. And I was like, dude, here you go. I'm like, just throw this and don't stop throwing it until you figure it out and it will change your life. And, yeah. uh, he bought, uh, an eye rod and a tranks off of, um, smacking bass oh, yeah, on yeah. Instagram. Yep. Um, I don't really know that guy. I've talked to him a couple times, but he was like, what do you think about this? And I was like, that's a great setup, dude. And I was like, you can't go wrong. You know, you can throw a lot of different stuff on it. I'm like you should get it. So, uh, I gave him that S waiver and 
uh, yeah, I think like right after ice out, he had a really good one on it and he dumped it uh, at, his, at his feet, short rounding. Oh, and it. now when I'm out with him, like he won't pick it up, but I did give him uh, at the beginning of the year, a mag draft and he caught his PB on it this year, this year. So, oh, so I feel awesome. good about that. At least I'm like, I'm like, there you go, dude. Like, um, I'm like, once, once you get in a pattern with that, it's going to stick and then you're going to be crazy about it like me, but he still fishes a lot of conventional. I fish. I I mean, everybody, everybody fishes shit differently, but like you were talking about how you how you fish, how like you can fish a jerk bait, like a glide bait. That's exactly what I do with the S wafer. Like I rip that thing. I rip it twice. Let I count to two fucking rip it three more times, count to one, rip it once, rip it three times, dude, that thing. And they just, Dude, a lot of times, like, it hits the water, I count it down to three, dude, first rip, and, like, I don't feel anything, and I have to fucking reel in, because there's a fish running away with it, like, in these spillways. Like, it is oh, so yeah. much fun. It's, dude, it's so cool, especially when you reel the slack, and you've got one on there, on a glide. That's, like, the best feeling. Um, Have you fished KGBs at all? Um, So, I, I, my buddy won, um, uh, just a chad chad at the first gathering and before i sent it out to him i was really nosy and i fished it for a day and i'm like oh my gosh like this thing's They're great dude. Great. and uh I sent my back favorite glides. and then my good buddy that i was talking about was that um was there when i caught the 15 fish out of his boat or 15 pounds he he loves the kgb crappie he caught like two or three doubles on it this year and that lake and like he just pounded the shit out of him he went through like four or five crappie because he either casted them off or he busted them up or the internal weight came unglued and fell out. Like he, he caught so many fucking fish oh, on that's that. A, crappie that's this a great year. bait too. I've got, I've got like an OG KGB crappie and, uh, one of my local, local holes, that's their primary food source is crappie. So I've had some, some fun with that bait, but, uh, if you ever get the chance to get a legend, that bait's really great. It's like, crazy drawing power it's it's not so much of like a a choppy glide but like more of like a a big sweep type of glide but the drawing power is just insane and i mean like every fish if it's there will hit it like i said like that's i've caught fish with ice in the water on that bait but um even like tiny bass will go nuts and they cannot resist that and it's i think it's like almost like 10 inches maybe yeah, okay. it's that's it's a bigger big glide ride. for sure yeah or, yeah okay so it goes, it's not it goes chad chad legend or chad chad bent no legend and then king shad i think is how it goes the king shad's a yeah. huge one right yep yeah the king i've i've never been able to get my hands on the king i mean i've i've got baits that are as big as that but i've heard that that's like the ultimate but the legend is is definitely like um like the most insane drawing power um in his lineup i would say so far but the trash that's ultimate like dude that will catch any and all fish as well the problem is is there's so many good baits out there and it's like fuck how do i how do i decide what to buy and fish (laughs) dude it's a problem that's that's why like at this point you know i've really dialed in like what works for me and what i'm confident in and that's what i stick with and i recommend that advice to anybody and that way you don't, you know, spend your money on too many other things and, or you do and it becomes an addiction. And Yeah. It was when I got out of it, I completely forgot, like not necessarily the culture, but I forgot like 
how addictive it is to buy shit. And when I got back into it at the beginning of this year, end of last year, dude, I dropped like $600 in a matter of a week on like baits, baits that I knew I didn't fish when I was fishing hardcore. Like I bought two depths, two fifties. I bought, you know, just a lot of shit that I had had before. I didn't necessarily (laughs) fish a lot. And it was just like, it was like, fucking i've talked about i've talked about it before like when you first get into it and your eyes are bigger than your wallet and you're like oh i'm gonna have this i'm gonna have this i'm gonna have this and you well, yeah and you know thirty six hundred dollars in a matter of six months on and, and then you sell three quarters of it for like you know like twenty four hundred bucks and you end up losing your ass because you bought them like when they were super expensive and it's like oh my god i can go back and not buy that shit because i know i'll never hey, fish it and at least you were buying 250s those are proven baits man they work they catch fish Oh, I've, I've caught your your eyes were in the right place at least. I, I caught a lot of fish on the 250. I just I didn't like it as much because I couldn't fish it super fast like I like to. But I'm like, oh, I'm getting back into it. I might as well buy them and and fish them. Like I caught, I think like four or five smallmouth up at home on a pink 250. So like I have confidence in it, and I think that's why I was like, oh, fucking, I'm just gonna buy two just because. They swim like no other too. I mean that that glide bait is it's easily one of the best glides ever. But did, did you see that new, uh, the Butch Brown, the you crappie? The crappie one? Yeah, I saw that today. Yeah, Ooh, that man, looks so sick. good, man. That's sick. Yeah, it's, I've, I've got a thing for crappie paint schemes, too. A lot of, a lot of big crappie up here. So. so all my friends around here love perch patterns, and I'm like, I, I cannot fucking stand perch paint. That is we don't, I don't have a lot of them either. That's, that's funny them. you say that. I hate them so much. I cannot stand them. I'm like, I hate fuck. I hate looking at perch. Like, I I I love the crappie paint, like you said, but perch. I'm like, I just I don't even want to look at them. I hate them. It I doesn't don't look care natural. They are. You know, it's the those fish. They're they're cool to look at, but they they're very loud. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, like I definitely so prefer vibrant. like uh, darker and more natural paint schemes over everything. Like, I mean. I'm you fish for a lot of smallmouths, so like you know you're going like the the brighter colors like definitely will piss fish off and they can definitely do just as much damage but um especially with like uh listening to a lot of the really successful swim bait fishermen in youtube and and honest everything like the one thing everybody is gonna tell you is make the presentation as real as you possibly can. And whether that's like even downsizing hooks, like you could be as extensive or as non-extensive as you want, but I feel like it's always a good choice to pick up uh, whatever option represents natural forage um, in correspondence with like your water clarity and, you know, what resources are available, all of that. But um, especially with like a soft bait, you know, because especially if like, it's a bait like that where you're going to pitch it into cover and then it, it might be sitting there for, you know, an entire minute and it has to convince that fish that it's got to eat it. Yeah. It's it's funny that you touched on like downsizing hooks and stuff for being super extensive because I, I used to be such a lazy swim bait fisherman, I guess. Like I would never change my line, like never change hooks. I would, I would do the bare minimum and I'd always catch so many fish. And now, like, I retie, especially, like, fishing my river, I'll retie, you know, every 10 minutes, and I'll I'll change my hooks, I'll sharpen them if I need to. It's like... Preventative uh, maintenance, man. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're just, you're, you're becoming, 
that one with the sport. That's like, that's how it is, but it's, it's human nature. You know, we make mistakes and we learn from them. So, but, and that's not to say, you know, like you can go out and like, uh, one of my friends. So this is really just, uh, how fishing can be. So he was like first getting into fishing and I gave him like the, I want to catch fish starter pack pretty much like, uh, this, one of my kids old rods and like uh a box with like a couple ewg hooks and like three gary yamamoto senkos and then his son was there so i gave his son like a pack of bobbers and i was like here you go you know like go crazy i'm like there's no right or wrong way to do it pretty much but i told him like how to uh texas rig a worm and uh he sent a picture of the yamamoto on a bobber and he had it nose hooked on an ewg hook with a bobber and there was like a pound and a half a largemouth on the end and he said is this a trout oh my goodness and i was i was just it was the biggest face palm in the world like i was like oh man but i was like see there you go that's proof <laughs> i'm like you know whatever fish i'm not catching you just caught it because you cannot dude uh, that's bass reddit in a hole it's honestly it really is dude it was it was hilarious and um i definitely will not say who that was because he would hate me for the rest of eternity if he knew that i aired that out but um sometimes you know you can do a lot of stuff wrong and still be successful um for sure every, every time my my friend taylor um he like fishes with iconelli and stuff he was in new jersey but he comes up every year and um he's a co-angler for a lot of like bass events and stuff but uh when he goes fishing with me he'll stick to throwing big swim baits and obviously like it's more fun for everybody that way but um he gave me my first chat chat and stuff like that but um every time we miss a fish he's like probably would eat a fucking senko and i'm like yep yeah exactly what are you what are you eating a senko it's yeah like anytime i'm like on universe or something and i see someone post and they're like best lore ever made he's like senko and senko. i'll just go like the comment and i'm like i bet it would eat the senko dude 10 out of 10 bet you would eat a robo worm on a drop dock because every fucking fish does right exactly 100 percent. it's like drop shotting and like it's it's a whole different ball game you know but dude's got to do it there's got to yep. be people out there doing that. Exactly, because if not, then everybody's going to own a Chad Chad and a UFO, and then fucking hundred percent, dude. <laughs> but you know, dude, it's like I always like am not super like I'll I'll edit the background in some of my pictures or make sure I'm in like in a subtle spot when I take a photo. But at the end of the day, like I can take a UFO or a working class zero, and I can put it in your hands and you can like take that bait and you can go fish it in the same spot as me. But if you're not dialing it in to the same extent, like you're not using the same retrieve, the same gear ratio, the same line, the same rod, uh, you know, you're not using the same cadence. There's so much that go into that, that if you're not using the same application, you're probably not going to have the same success. There's a lot of just, you know, like, Thing, there's there's a lot of applications you have to figure out for yourself you know so i've always kind of been like 
to an extent, so be it. I mean, especially with, like you said, like sticker shock is real and a lot of people that want to get into it, you know, there, there's even a big difference between a a citizen and, you know, a hard bait that you're going to catch 300 fish on $40 to $300 is a big difference. So, yeah, exactly. Going off what you said about like sticking with it and stuff and, and like figure, figuring it out more or less, what, what's your favorite bite? like either pattern or just kind of day day pattern that you figured out what's your favorite pattern that you've had since you started swim bait fishing oh man um i would it's such a tough question it's loaded but uh i would say last year um right around the end of november when the wake bite was starting to kind of fizzle out i was catching wake fish in like 38 degree water it was fucking crazy but uh the glide bite that I got on and kind of continued into this year was just crazy. Like the water was ice cold and um, I just got on this glide bite and I carried it all the way over to this year when the water started to unthaw. But um, it was just so much fun, you know, like it, it's almost like it shouldn't be happening when you're fishing a bait with trebles and you can see ice to just have a fish come out and smoke it like that. Yeah. Fuck, dude. It's, uh, it's, it's special. Do you guys have like really clear water over there? Uh, it depends. Like the, I would say it's, it's 50, 50. Like some of the water here is, is gin clear and it is all year. Like even midsummer when like there's hydrilla and milfoil everywhere, like it will still be gin clear, but then other spots are just completely black all year, you know, like one foot visibility um i fish both equally i'll probably use different baits um depending on which body of water i'm at but um i mean i feel like where you are it's it's a lot more clear probably leaning towards more clear water in general right yeah it's i really haven't ran across ran across much water we have water that's like root beer but it's still like you know foot and a half visibility especially if you're fishing like a bone bait then it's like two foot visibility but i grew up fishing you know 20 foot visibility like you could see the fish that you're casting at you know 60 yards away yeah it i don't know it's super sick and i have so much confidence in clear water but if you were to drop me off like fucking like mississippi or alabama or somewhere and they're like okay go catch a fish dude i have it's it's just a it's just like a mental thing but i have i'm i don't know how to catch a fish if i can't see it or if i can't see bottom or anything like i just lose it's hard yeah dude that's that's like uh the thing i mean you could easily do it i mean if you've built up your confidence in clear water in my personal opinion like clear water it's it's much harder to catch fish um i mean like just having the confidence to know that bait through and through and trust that it is doing exactly what you think it's doing at all times um that's all you need to be successful in dirty water and that's not to say you know if you're fishing like a rat or something extremely loud like that will catch fish anywhere and they're just reacting to it but um especially with soft baits like it, if you can take pretty much any soft bait and fish it in a in a similar application to like a hud or a bait smith 
and be successful. Um, same with like a crank down, you know, anybody that's fished conventional, if you've ever fished a square bill, you can fish a big square bill, stuff like that. Like having that confidence, no matter like what the water temperature is, water clarity, like you can be successful. Dude, crank downs were my jam when I first started. That is, I'm not going to say it's an easy bait, but that is a very beginner friendly bait. I caught so oh, many dude, fucking it fish on it's, it. It's, it's, it's like, uh, if any of my friends like want to use one of my setups once in a while, it's like, okay, here's a crank down. It's like, well, what do I do? It's like, all right, so cast it out right there and then just reel it in. Yeah. You'll, you'll feel it. Don't worry. They're like, should I like go fast? Should I go slow? Yeah. You should go all of them. Yes. The answer is yes. Just mix it up. Yeah. Pretty much. It will all work, which is the best part about it. Yeah, dude, it's, I, I have, so I have a fish, everything hater. That was like the first real swim bite I, I ever bought. And, um, I like, I caught a lot of fish on it in a short amount of time. And I thought it was just like a super luck thing. So I started writing down every fish in the date on the bait and I ran out of fucking room and I caught probably a hundred fish after that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like it's a bone bait. So you can see this black Sharpie all over it. It looks like it, it, it doesn't look good, but it's like, like we were talking about earlier, it's got a lot of sentimental value. And like, um, just the other day I was fishing and I looked at it and I was like, Oh my gosh, I caught a fish September 12th and I'm, I'm fishing in September 12th. Maybe I'll catch a fish on it today. Like it's so cool. Like that. Dude, that's, has, you're going to have to hang that up on the wall. I know. Pretty soon I know. Here. That's cool it's, though. That's like, so that's, shit. that's definitely like one of those sentimental value debates that you kind of just have to keep around. I've got, I've got some that are like that. And I'm like, Oh, you know, like, I want to retire it, but then it's like, you know, FOMO. You're yeah. like, you don't want to. Because yeah, like, there are so many more fish that you might only catch with that bait. So <laughs> Exactly. Cool. We're going, um, we're going salmon fish, salmon fishing Friday. And it's like, my buddy's like, bring any crank down swim baits you have and bring your lip TKs. Because I think, I think you can catch a lot of Kings and, and coho on them. And I'm like, fuck, I want to take this want to take this hater so bad but it's like i if if i see a fucking king salmon swimming away with this thing in its mouth i will be devastated i've oh, had it for dude. six years now <laughs> but i'm like i can catch a you fish guys, i can you guys have a lot of good cold water opportunities right like probably yeah. similar to us but you guys have just have way bigger caliber i would imagine yeah so like connected to lake michigan like you can you can it would not surprise me if you could go out with probably like an S waiver 120 and catch a 30 inch brown trout in, in a creek or a river. Like it would not surprise me at all. Do you guys is, get like big browns up there? Yeah. So, um, where I used to live, where my parents live, um, and I used to live about 10 minutes away, which is like a big, big dam, a river, um, in the area. It, it was actually home to the old world record brown trout. I want to say it was 43 pounds caught out of this river um holy shit that's huge yeah world record my buddy just caught a 20 out of there a couple weeks ago which was pretty sick brown trout i should know what this how much this fish weighed because it's like a staple up there but you know (laughs) it's been a while um so yeah it it was just recently and within the last couple years broken in new zealand but at one point in time it was held in brother in michigan and this fish is so fucking crazy. It's just ugly. I okay. It was. I'm gonna say it was only 
37 pounds. I thought it was a little bit bigger than that, but that is an absolute massive brown trout. That's, that's still huge. Have you ever like, uh, caught them on accident or anything? Yeah. So like swim bait fishing. Um, I, 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 not a brown trout I've caught. Oh, I've lost a lot of lake trout fishing on the big lake. Like my lake that connects to the big lake. I've lost a lot, lost a lot of lake trout and I've caught some, some trout on swim baits, nothing like super crazy. I've caught a lot of walleye on, on glide baits and shit, which is, you know, it's, it's such a blast to get by catches like that. And I mean, I've, I've targeted a lot of dogfish because I'm sight fishing them. So I, I've caught them on swim baits and stuff, but I haven't caught a salmon or a brown trout. And that's one thing I really want to do. Like, I bet if I bought the Gancraft 70, I could probably go to every creek up at home, like within a three mile span. And I could, I'd catch a brook trout. I could catch a brown trout. I could catch a rainbow trout. I could catch a tiger trout, like, or not a tiger trout. We don't have those. Um, Brook trout, rainbow brown. There's something else. I, I could I could catch any trout on like a Gancraft 70 because those fish have never ever seen anything like that. They've only ever seen night crawlers before. Oh dude, you gotta track. That'd be cool. We get some like uh a lot of the places around here are stocked, but um it's it's kind of inconsistent. I mean, just like everywhere, I'm gonna assume. But um I've been with my uh my good buddy Bill. Uh he's big into swim baits now he was the one i was talking about that was um doing the vertical jigging with the citizen yeah, um, yeah. but i've been with him and uh it was like last year he foul hooked a pretty decent sized brown on uh, a paddle tail it was pretty hilarious um it was like the one uh the fish that like someone that lived on the lake saw us catch for that day and he was like oh you guys having fun catching the trout and he was like oh yeah it's a blast and like just tosses this thing back in that's so because we were fishing for bass obviously but it it was cool though it was cool to see we're like oh wow that's cool and then just like put it right back it was just ironic but while while we're closing it down just a little bit um do you do you guys have a big trout stocking like do you guys imitate trout with your baits at all or is it just kind of like it's not big enough of a um, thing to do but you you could definitely be successful with that here um i don't target the trout eaters as much as i probably should obviously like um huddleston rainbow trout like you can use that anywhere like and i've definitely caught a lot of fish on places that have never seen a rainbow trout but um mostly gill eaters i want to say like uh the fish i feel like with a trout profile like they will have a general idea especially in a trout stock pond but um with like shad profiles you know like i fish shad profiles in spots where shad have never run and the fish don't know you know they're they're just seeing oh it's a fish i'm gonna eat that but yeah you know like like I do feel like I underutilized any trout stocking opportunities a lot. I mean, um, but it's it's for such a short portion of the year that they would be on that anyway. And um, I forget the percentage of fish that actually are targeting trout as a primary food source. Um, it's not very high, and especially when there's other forage that are you know a higher population that they can eat all year and probably not steer away from yeah it's 
I think it could be successful here, but it, Michigan kind of makes it hard to figure out when these trout stockings are. Like, I've talked to DNR officers. They're like, we do that. I'm like, uh, yeah. I mean, that's what it says on fucking MDNR.com. I don't know. Do you? Like, that's what they don't even know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like. Honestly, it, that's real life. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that I could go to this lake and once I figured it out, I could probably catch fish, but the lake is like an hour away. And, and dude, that's like, that's another thing too. You know, like that's something you'd have to really commit to. Um, that's like going striper fishing and paying attention to the tides, you know? Oh, it's, you cut out, you cut out. What'd you say? That's like what? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Oh, oh. oh. can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. I can hear you. Okay. Sorry. It must've been my mic or something. No, you're um, good, but that's like uh, going striper fishing and pay, paying attention to, attention to the tides. You know, it's like looking at the stocking reports and stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. They they do post them, but you know, then there's it could be hearsay also on if they're really down there and how many they released and all of that. And some of the spots they're putting them, you, you know, like down there. You guys have pike, we have pike and pickerel, and like. Yeah, they're exactly. massive. So they're most of the spots they're dumping them in. There's like, you know, just one gluttonous pickerel just like chilling there, eating, eating all the fucking trout. Yeah. And that's like but, those those guys out in California talk about like, oh, we wait. You have to wait two or two or three days. So those bass key in on those trout, and it's like, I don't know if they plant enough trout to last two or three days. They're like, gone. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you ever listen to like uh, Caesar, he talks about like the. I think it's Caesar from Toxic. Like he talks about the uh, the seals and shit down there, and like yeah, yeah, how like uh, yeah, they're like putting him down the slide right into the fucking mouths of the seals. It's crazy, <laughs> yeah, dude. dude. It's like they... it's, that's like the type of stuff that the Department of uh, Fish and Game does. Yeah, uh, I did. They just spend every this other day with Texas. Texas, <laughs> is, they're doing it right. That's pretty much it. Yeah, it's like these these. I mean. I'm talking about Michigan. I don't know. Like, obviously, it sounds like Maine's the same way. Like, they put this money into shit, and it's like they're just half-assing everything. And it's like you guys could be doing so much better with with the amount of effort you're putting into. Like, if you just you just gave it like two percent more fucking non-half-assing, like it could it could be really good. But here we oh, are, dude. It's the, unfortunate. And, but it's it's tough, you know. Like until there is a higher population of people that are fishing in a similar mindset to you and i are uh, over the people that are standing there you know bringing a six pounder home in a white bucket to fry it up with their wife and leaving all their trash on the bank yeah you know it's like it's sad to see and obviously i wouldn't interject on that person's day anyway and that's their right but like that's where they think all the money comes from to fund fishing and all of that so it will change someday just gonna take time yeah dude i don't know like you said it's just gonna take time i guess um is is there anything else you wanted to touch on i'm trying to look through my notes here if i can fucking find them on if there's anything else that i had wrote down all right don't think so i think you covered pretty much everything man um um uh plug plug any uh companies that you you like or you work with or anything along those lines if you want to um as far as fishing goes um i mean dude anything doesn't matter definitely, <laughs> definitely uh 
definitely Eric and UFO Baco, um, Mike and Working Class Zero, uh, Ben Hold on Customs, uh, Blanked Danny, and uh, make sure you follow uh, Black Door Barber Company. That's my barber shop. You don't really have to follow that because it's totally unrelated to fishing. Um, oh, you good, follow man. me. My my handle is Lone Wolves because nobody is going to remember my name or how to, how to pronounce it. We've already been over that. I'll pronounce it. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then shout out uh, my wife and uh, my number one best friend in the world, Nixon, even though he already made an appearance on this podcast. He's, uh, I think he's already in bed. I'll probably be right behind him. Oh, dude, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's, I'm got an early day tomorrow. I'm sure you do too. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just the way it is. Fuck, tomorrow's only Tuesday, but I'm not working Friday, so that's something to look forward to, I guess. Oh yeah, dude, I hope you, I hope you stick some good ones out that's there. The hey, and also, uh, definitely appreciate your time. Appreciate you asking me to be on here. It's definitely cool. Yeah, dude, I want to thank you for coming on. It was, it was kind of like low key, pretty quick. Well, okay, I, I'm gonna reiterate this because I've said it before. If um, if you guys follow me and I don't follow you back, it's a good chance that I didn't, I didn't fucking see it because I I saw your post, one of your posts, um, through through Steven. He shared it. I'm like, oh, this guy looks cool. Press on. I'm like, follow back. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, this guy follows me. I'm like, oh, oh, dude, it's all good. Honestly, like, I'm I'm kind of a freak when it comes to like, I dude, everybody. It's what am I saying? Like, I'm a huge nerd when it comes to fishing so like any sort of like content i can retain i'm yeah right fucking on it you know what i mean like youtube podcasts like i listen to everything because like i said that information sticks with you so um and it's you free know, <laughs> you've you've had a lot of people that are really interesting to me on here um and you know gotta support gotta keep the good people doing what they do hell yeah dude i appreciate it we got you tonight we got um a guy who who's a freaking stick out in washington state he is his pb in washington state's 11.4 he's coming on tomorrow which will be that's tuesday, crazy tuesday the 25th and then we have a bait maker coming on wednesday that's around your neck of the woods a little bit south of you but he'll be he'll be coming on wednesday so the next couple weeks can be pretty good uh sherpa i don't know how close he actually is to oh. you I I know of him. Um, pretty close, I want to say. Um, I thought you were gonna say like Beebs, Big Bates, or some of those dudes. I but, just I won't lie. Yeah, there's, just... there's, dude, LFOD. We've got we've got a couple of uh, dudes repping up here. Yeah, LFOD is gonna be coming on too. I just said he's around your area because. So my high school was really small, and we didn't have like a geography class or anything. Like I have a rough idea where the states are, but like relative to size and shit like i just i just oh, grew the east coast all in one group like you guys all know each other up there. <laughs> it's it's true we're like we're like a big clan and it, if you go like anywhere like past virginia everyone thinks that this is canada so as yeah. long as you're just you know like actually putting us in the u.s then i'd say you're doing really well <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but um yeah dude that's i mean like I said, I'll, I'll plug your Instagram. I'll plug both Instagrams on the um, in the description. If you guys don't already, make sure, like, like you guys said, follow Lone Wolves on Instagram. Follow Scales and Tails podcast, Scales and Tails underscore podcast on Instagram. Uh, make sure you guys 
rating the podcast on whatever your listening platform is. I think we're like at 39 rates on uh, on Spotify, which is pretty badass, like a 4.9 rating. So that's pretty cool. Um, if you guys haven't already, peep the peep the site. Anything you buy off the site this month is getting donated back to my local local food pantry, and you guys get entered into a big giveaway we have. We have a super big giveaway this month. I'm still waiting on a bunch of baits to show up, but it's going to be pretty kick-ass, multiple winners and stuff, so that's always good. Um, I think that's everything. I always miss something, so I'm probably missing something, but uh, yeah. I, I think, think you got about, it, man. Yeah, I think that's about it, but like I said, dude, I want to well thank done. you for coming on, and uh, yeah, dude. I, hope, I hope that you guys listening had a really good time. I want to say this was Fuck, how, what time is it now? This is almost two hours long. So this is one of the little bit longer ones. I'm sure a lot of people are going to finish the whole thing. It's kind of crazy, the retention rate on these. It's like 70%. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys listen for two oh, yeah. hours. You're dedicated. <laughs> yeah, I hope that everyone wants to listen to uh, me babble on for that long. Hell yeah, dude. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure people will, but like I said, I want to thank you for coming on and I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope you guys have a great night and I'll talk to everybody next time. Thanks guys.